Hi, and welcome back to the podcast. In this week's discussion, we're going to go on an interesting journey. A journey of death. I know that sounds slightly negative, but the meaning that sort of comes forth from it is really beautiful. And that's what we're going to focus on this week. A certain practice in Jewish law that we experience today, but in reference to a commandment or a prohibition that we don't really necessarily relate to, but the fact that it is the negative of the positive act that we do today brings out its significance and its meaning. So that's going to be the overall goal of this discussion. But from this comes forth an interesting warning, a warning that Rav Hirsch sort of lays out for us. And he gets there by the emphasis of the Kohanim of the Jewish people. The Kohanim and the practices of the Kohanim is what is discussed in this week's parasha, Parsha's Emor. And the prohibitions that are discussed that surround the Kohen give light to what we mean by a priest, but also what the priest was trying to direct the Jewish people towards, because a priest in the Jewish nation wasn't so much a position of power, it was from the word kivun, a kohen, direction. They were the role models of the Jewish people. They were the people who illustrated an abstract principle, a goal, acted that principle out in a symbolic drama, and the Jewish people were inspired in that direction. So how they acted and the prohibitions that were associated with them help us fill out this picture of what they were there to demonstrate. So that's the goal today. We're going to talk about a law, we're going to bring out its meaning in reference to something that we do today, and sort of illustrate this warning that comes along with it in reference to the Kohanim. So what is our law? Well, to put it very basic or bring it down to earth, when someone dies, what do we do? We tear our garment. We rip something that we own, that we're wearing, as a reference, as a validation of that death. But in this week's parasha, we're told, and in last week, that when someone dies, we must not allow a, a, a mark to be on our bodies. And Rav Hirsch points out, we're not told not to cut ourselves. That's not the issue per se. Of course, it's necessary, but the focus is more that there should be an emblem or a mark on our person. This cut, this permanent scar that came about through the death of another. And for Rav Hirsch, this is very key. Because when we rip our garments, and there the ripping is the, is, the, is the goal, you're ripping something external to yourself. You're ripping your garment. Garments can be repaired, but at the same time, you're validating the death that's taken place. You validated this person had a position in this world. He had a mission to live out, but he is no longer here. He was part of a greater goal, but his place needs to be filled. Something is missing, and that needs to be validated. But we don't put that mark upon our person. To put that mark on our person is telling the wrong message. In somehow I am deficient. In somehow I am lacking. What makes me valuable has now gone. I am now somehow less because this individual is no longer here. That is a message that Judaism has to stand firmly against. We aren't deficient because an individual has gone by way of our essence. Our essence or our value is because of who we are. We're here with a purpose. That means each individual is here with a goal. A goal implies a mission, and a mission implies a task. We are here for a reason, and that reason isn't diminished by the lack of another individual. Our ability to carry out this goal may be hampered, and we may need to reassemble, we may need to reconstruct, we may need to build, we may need to fix, but we aren't deficient because of that person's going. Hence a stitch can be added to a garment that has been ripped, and it be repaired. We have validated the loss, but now work needs to be made to fill that gap. But to cut the body, that would imply a permanent lacking. That would mean a lacking to the very goal itself. And that cannot take place in Judaism. The goal transcends the individuals. That is the nature of a community. The Jewish community 
come together to be a certain type of people to the world, to be a certain type of people to ourselves and to grow in a certain direction that isn't made deficient because of someone's going. So our takeaway from this, on the positive side, the dignity and the value of the individual, both the one who is gone, we remember and we validate that passing, but also in ourselves, that we must remain strong and recognize our inherent value and dignity even when someone close to us has gone. But now on the negative side, what idea are we standing against? This idea that you walk around the world forevermore with a mark, a mark that sort of symbolizes you are not full. It's actually interesting, with Hirsch references pagan theologies and other cultures and other religions that worship death, and that people put a mark on themselves as a way, a way of reverence or homage to death. And this, there's a certain psychological draw to this, because death is the only thing that is the most, I suppose, the most certain thing that we experience. Death conquers all. Decay is the most real part of our existence. Everything falls to entropy. And it's one of those things that every religion is susceptible to. Because in terms of death, and in terms of cutting oneself as a way of paying homage to death, that makes sense, because you're sacrificing something of yourself to give up to God. But with any other commandment, or with any other religious worldview, the minute it's something is difficult, you could fall into the misconception that you're somehow paying God off. And this is the road to idolatry. And this idea can spring forth within Judaism itself. But this idea of walking around with a brand that gave rise in those ancient pagan cults as a sign that they had paid homage, we are moving distant from. But this paganism had a very dark turn in certain cults, where the god was a god of death. Now, I thought this was something very foreign, and Rav Hirsch is referring to something back in ancient times, but little did I know, this is a rampant uh, cult in America and in Mexico today, with millions of adherences. It's sort of like a sector of Catholicism, but it's known as Santa Morte, the patron saint of death. She will punish your enemies, she will protect you. Now, this is a scary cult that comes about in different parts of the world with, as I said, millions of adherences. So this negative trait of having a mark on your body to symbolize death in Judaism, we are moving far away from. That idea is being stood against by saying we may not walk around with this mark on us. On the one hand, to show that we are somehow deficient because this individual has gone, the task has been lessened. But on the other side, to show that no homage is being paid to the idea of death. Death is a part of life. Death is a necessary part of life, not an independent force that needs homage to be paid to it. So that encapsulates the modern context of our discussion, the idea of kriya. We tear our garments when someone dies. We do that today. And the idea that we're not supposed to walk around with this emblem of death on us. But now bringing into the kahanim. This idea is emphasized once again this week in reference to the kahanim, but it is so apt. The kahanim once again are there to show us a direction, a kivun. That is their goal. They are enacting a role that we are supposed to aspire to. They stay far away from death. They're not allowed to be there when their family members die. They're not allowed to be there when friends die, or members of their community, only with their closest families. They have to stay far away from death. And the idea of an emblem being on them proclaiming death is the antithesis of their role. Why? Because they are supposed to be projecting Judaism's core value. Judaism's core value is that of moral freedom. What does what Hirsch mean by moral freedom? He means life for all intents and purposes. Moral freedom means that when we have freedom, we have the ability to act as we want. 
Moral freedom means we have the ability to act in a way that our tendencies and our surroundings and our environment wouldn't necessarily draw us towards. Our nature and our nurture may be pouring us in one direction, but we have the ability to transcend that, to transcend the life that we experience and act on a moral plane, not allow yesterday to force today. That is the nature and the mission of Judaism, and that was what the Kohanim were proclaiming. Hence, life and the ability to live life to its fullest is opposed to the idea of death. Death, which all falls to. Death, decay, entropy, which everything goes down that direction. The Jewish priests had no part to play there. Their job was distant from that. So I suppose one point to end with. If we think about it, and the priests of the Jewish people, the Kohanim, and how their job, very interestingly, stands diametrically opposed to what we would generally speaking expect a priest to do. Because think about it, where do we expect to find a priest? At the bedside of someone dying, or someone who is destitute, someone who is bereaved. That is the area that we expect, we generally speaking, see priests like peddle out their wares of their religion to try and entice people to fall for their, I suppose, way of life. Interestingly enough, in Judaism, the priests kept well away from that area, where you would find oracles, and you would find priests, and you would find cult leaders looking for followers. You would find no Jewish priest there. That is not how Judaism is asking itself to be viewed. That is not its attraction. They should come to Judaism through reflection, not through desperation. Rav Hirsch says the ideal way to serve Hashem from a Jewish point of view is one of peace of mind, of joy, and serenity. Not one of fear, or one of darkness, or at a stage of loss, when one is at one's most weak, where other cultures go for their pluckings. In Judaism, when a person is going through a stage of mourning, when a person is down, of course, within Judaism, that idea is validated, but he's not allowed to enter the temple. He's not allowed to do the service in the temple. There are areas that this individual cannot go. So this idea that when people are down, when people are emotionally vulnerable, this is the place to grab them towards your faith. That isn't the Jewish way. That has never been the Jewish way, and that never should be the Jewish way. And those of us who represent this role to a certain extent, by way of educators, it's an idea that we have to hold at the forefront of our mind, that when we're discussing something with someone, their emotional state should be our key concern, especially in the area of religion where people can be motivated for the wrong reasons, can be pushed, and can be swayed. Clear of mind, sound of mind, reflective is the way one approaches Judaism. So to recap, we spoke about two main ideas. First, the Jewish practice of tearing one's clothes and not having a mark on the person. The tearing of the clothes represented the external part, that which can be fixed but validated at the same time, but not put on the person, indicating by way there is some deficiency in the individual. We spoke about how the, the mark on the person can represent a brand, a brand of death, and how the priests had to stand very far away from this idea. And we spoke about the practical ramification of that. The priest would be far distant from where every other priest of every other culture would go to prey on their victims. In Judaism, the priests, the educators of the Jewish people, were away from that, because that is not how one ideally approaches Judaism. One approaches Judaism in clearness of thought and in clearness of mind. And on that basis, he forms a relationship with God. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful Shabbos.